0: Today we celebrate the feast of the most sacred heart of Jesus. A feast that reminds us of his great love, his inexpressible love for us. A love where he was ready and willing and indeed laid down his life. A man, he says, can have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. But he's done even that which is great, and that which is greater, and he's done greatest of all. For he didn't just lay down his life for his friends, but even for his enemies. As St. Paul says, while we were yet enemies, God sent his son. This love of Christ is something that we ought, in gratitude alone, we ought to return. And yet it is so difficult for us, because we still cling to things that do not lead us to him. Who, St. Paul says, can save us from this body of death? No one except Christ Jesus. So even though our inclinations and our passions and our desires belong to this world, yet we hope we have that faith in Christ's love for us, that he will draw us back to himself even against against our inclinations desire and please God even against our will for there is no good apart from Christ Jesus our Lord he offered himself as a victim for sin and as we heard in the gospel he on the cross crucified between two thieves the sabbath which was a great sabbath meaning that the feast of passover Fell on that Sabbath. That Sabbath was a particular solemnity, and the Jews were told didn't want the bodies to remain on the cross. Well, not surprising, because the festival was a joyful one, and to have the bodies, or even, perhaps you can say worse, to have the the men lingering on the on the cross because the death. On, our crucifixion could last sometimes several days. They didn't want to hear the screams and the curses and blasphemies on the on the great Sabbath. Therefore, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken. The breaking of the legs would result in in the death of the criminals for the simple reason: hanging, they they will put great strain on their lungs and to ease, to be able to breathe, to ease the, the, the passage of air, they would raise themselves up on their, on their feet. And so that would enable them to, to, to breathe. But of course, if the legs were broken, it is no longer possible to raise oneself. And so they would choke. They would, affis- they would, they would choke um, t- to death. Asphyxiation is, is the technical term. And so, we're told, Pilate agreed that the, the, the legs would be broken, and so the soldiers come. We're told they broke the legs of the first man, and then that of the second. But coming to our blessed Lord, they found he was already dead. He himself had said, no one has power to take my life from me. I lay down at my own free will, and I take it up again. And so he breathed out his last with a great shout. That great shout was a shout of victory over sin, over Satan, over death. And so when they came to him, he was already dead. And we're told that one of the soldiers um, opened his side with a lance. And immediately they came out blood and water. There are several mysteries here. St. John uses a specific word. He didn't, said, he didn't say that he pierced the side or wounded the side. He said he opened the side. And what do we open except a door or a window? And so this reveals a certain mystery, that opening the side of the Lord, like opening a door, immediately there came out blood and water. The body was dead, and that also is a mystery, for a dead body does not produce blood. The the blood coagulates, it hardens, and so it cannot flow out, and the water itself likewise could not flow out. But the Church sees in this a great mystery, namely the source of the sacraments, the blood and the water, but even more, her own birth. For just as Adam was put, God put Adam in a deep sleep in the garden, opened his side and took out the rib to form Eve, so Christ, the God-Man, asleep on the cross, his side is opened, and the Church comes out. The Church manifesting, revealing itself in the form of blood and water. Similarly, when God gave the commandment to Noah to build the ark, we're told Noah was instructed to put a door to open out so that the animals, all those who were to be saved, could go in through that opening. And likewise, we who are to be saved, we enter into Christ through his church. The church is is symbolized in the flow of blood and water. Water representing the beginning of the sacraments and the blood by which we redeem the eternal covenant as the summit, the heights of the sacraments. Christ himself, who is present to us under the form of wine, his blood, body, his soul, and his divinity all present in every single particle of the host and every drop of the wine. He is there. And so we are able to partake of this great mystery. And so the water, the beginning, and the blood, the end of the sacraments, sums up everything that is necessary for the building up of the Church. And so in baptism, the first of the sacraments, the Church is born, is cleansed. In confirmation, the Church is strengthened. In the Eucharist, she is fed and perfected. In the Sacrament of Confession, she is healed from the wounds of sin. In Extreme Unction, the anointing of the sick, there she is fortified against the ravishes of sin. In Holy Orders, the Church is governed by the Holy Priesthood, that is, by Christ himself. And in Matrimony, she finds extension and growth in new members so in all of this, the blood and the water symbolizes the fullness of the church, the, the very source of the church's beginning. But more for us individually, the blood and the water do the same to us, for us individually. And we're told St. John tells us that he saw it, and his testimony is true. He's an eyewitness to these things. He marveled at them. And yet all of this was done so that Scripture might be fulfilled. Not one bone of his will be broken, for he is the Paschal Lamb. And just as the Israelites on the night they left Egypt were forbidden to break the bones of the lamb, their departure was in haste, and so they had no time to to enjoy the marrow, but they were they were eating so that they might speedily leave Egypt, so also we eaten might speedily leave this world of sin, and they look upon him whom they have pierced. For again, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy. The Lord's side was opened that we might enter. Let us ask that we enter speedily, like the animals entering the ark of Noah, so that they might be saved from the flood. Sweetheart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Sweetheart of Jesus, mercy on us sweet heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate the feast of the most sacred heart of Jesus, a feast that reminds us of his great love, his inexpressible love for us, a love where he was ready and willing and indeed laid down his life a man, he says, can have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. But he's done even that which is great and that which is greater, and he's done greatest of all. For he didn't just lay down his life for his friends, but even for his enemies. As St. Paul says, while we were yet enemies, God sent his Son. This love of Christ is something that we ought, in gratitude alone, we ought to return. And yet it is so difficult for us because we still cling to things that do not lead us to him. Who, St. Paul says, can save us from this body of death? No one except Christ Jesus. So even though our inclinations and our passions and our desires belong to this world, yet we hope we have that faith in christ's love for us that he will draw us back to himself even against against our inclinations desire and please god even against our will for there is no good apart from christ jesus our lord he offered himself as a victim for sin and as we heard in the gospel he on the cross crucified between two thieves the Sabbath, which was a great Sabbath, meaning that the Feast of Passover fell on that Sabbath. That Sabbath was a particular solemnity. And the Jews, we're told, didn't want the bodies to remain on the cross. Well, not surprising, because the festival was a joyful one. And to have the bodies, or even perhaps you can say worse, to have the the men... Lingering on the on the cross because the death, our crucifixion, could last sometimes several days. They didn't want to hear the screams, and the curses and blasphemies on the on the great Sabbath. Therefore, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken. The breaking of the legs would result in in the death of the criminals for the simple reason, hanging. They they would put great strain on their lungs, and to ease to be able to breathe, to ease the the, the passage of air, they would raise themselves up on their, on their feet, and so that would enable them to 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 breathe. But of course, if the legs were broken, it was no longer possible to raise oneself, and so they would choke. They would they would they would choke um, t- to death. Affixation is is the technical term, and so we're told Pilate agreed that the, the the legs would be broken, and so the soldiers come. We're told they broke the legs of the first man, and then that of the second. But coming to our blessed Lord, they found he was already dead. He himself had said, "No one has power to take my life from me. I lay down of my own free will." And I take it up again. And so he breathed out his last with a great shout. That great shout was a shout of victory over sin, over Satan, over death. And so when they came to him, he was already dead. And we're told that one of the soldiers um, opened his side with a lance. And immediately they came out blood and water. There are several mysteries here. St. John uses a specific word. He didn't, say, he didn't say that he pierced the side or wounded the side. He said he opened the side. And what do we open except a door or a window? And so this reveals a certain mystery that opening the side of the Lord, like opening a door, immediately there came out blood and water. The body was dead, and that also is a mystery, for a dead body does not produce blood. The the blood coagulates, it hardens, and so it cannot flow out, and the water itself likewise could not flow out. But the Church sees in this a great mystery, namely, the. Source of the sacraments, the blood and the water, but even more, her own birth. For just as Adam was put, God put Adam in a deep sleep in the garden, opened his side and took out the rib to form Eve, so Christ, the God man, asleep on the cross, his side is opened and the church comes out. The church manifesting, revealing itself in the form of blood and water. Similarly, when God gave the commandment to Noah to build the ark, we're told Noah was instructed to put a door to open out so that the animals, all those who were to be saved, could go in through that opening. And likewise, we who are to be saved, we enter into Christ through his church. The church is, is symbolized in the flow of blood and water, water representing the beginning of the sacraments and the blood by which we redeem the eternal covenant as the summit, the heights of the sacraments, Christ Himself, who is present to us under the form of wine, his blood, body, his soul and his divinity all present in every single particle of the hosts and every drop of the wine. He is there. And so we are able to partake of this great mystery. And so the water, the beginning, and the blood, the end of the sacraments, sums up everything that is necessary for the building up of the Church. And so in baptism, the first of the sacraments, the Church is born, is cleansed. In confirmation, the Church is strengthened. In the Eucharist, she is fed and perfected. In the Sacrament of Confession, she is healed from the wounds of sin. In extreme unction, the anointing of the sick, there she is fortified against the ravishes of sin. In Holy Orders, the Church is governed by the Holy Priesthood, that is, by Christ himself. And in Matrimony, she finds extension and growth in new members. So in all of this, the blood and the water symbolizes the fullness of the church, the, the very source of the church's beginning. But more for us individually, the blood and the water do the same to us, for us individually. And we're told St. John tells us that he saw it, and his testimony is true. He's an eyewitness to these things. He marveled at them. And yet all of this was done so that scripture might be fulfilled. Not one bone of his will be broken, for he is the paschal lamb. And just as the Israelites, on the night they left Egypt, were forbidden to break the bones of the lamb, their departure was in haste, and so they had no time to, to enjoy the marrow. But they were, they were eating so that they might speedily leave Egypt, so also we eaten might speedily leave this world of sin. And they look upon him whom they have pierced. For again, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy. The Lord's side was opened that we might enter. Let us ask that we enter speedily, like the animals entering the ark of Noah, so that they might be saved from the flood. Sweetheart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Sweetheart of Jesus, mercy on sweet heart of Jesus in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit this mp3 recording has been made available by Family Life International help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today